Tennessee Wildcast is live on the air with the latest on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things outdoors. Make welcome your host, drummer and outdoor expert novice, Jason Harmon. Drum roll, please. Hey, it's everybody. Hey, everybody. It's Jason Harmon. Glad y'all are tuning in. This is Tennessee Wildcast, and uh, pretty excited about today's show. Uh, we are in Nashville today, but we're going to be talking about Asian carp. And those are mainly found out in West Tennessee. But we have Mr. Eric Gaines with us today. Uh, he's our commercial fishing coordinator for the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing just fine. Good to have you. And Mr. Don King co-hosting with me today. How are you doing, Don? Good, good, Jason. Thanks for the invite. Glad to have both of y'all here today. And um, I'm excited to talk about uh, the Asian Carp Harvest Incentive Program. So there's some uh, opportunities out there for folks to... Uh, or there's some incentive for folks to harvest some Asian carp. And That's we'll, true. <laughs> and we'll, and we'll uh, dig into the details of that in, in a few minutes. But, um, uh, Eric, let's just real quick. I don't think that this is on the agenda, but let's put you on the spot. Your background. How did you uh, come to Tennessee? What brought you to Tennessee as uh, working our fisheries division? Well, um, I guess luck. I had worked um, with the uh, mostly through the university system first. Um as research assistants or uh, technicians, and then um, I had actually moved to Maryland for a job and had worked there for five months uh, with the U.S. Department of Agriculture and, and was fortunate that the uh, Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency gave me a call, um, came in for an interview, and 14 years later, here I am. All right. All there right. Hey, how'd you get involved in the outdoors? I mean, what, what, did, what prompted you to be uh, interested in fisheries or, or anything out outdoors um well we've always been outdoors with our family uh grew up on a farm west uh -huh. tennessee uh so really really enjoyed the outdoors nature uh fishing always and uh family we were always invested and, and yeah. trying to do as much as we could with with hunting and fishing and that's just been a kind of natural evolution and and uh going to college and and uh with where i am today cool well uh that's awesome um most people that work here are, love the outdoors. You know, most everybody here hunts or fishes or at least gets out and enjoys nature somehow. So, I, um, I know you grew up in West Tennessee and and I had a farm out there, so that's cool. So, Tennessee native is commercial fishing coordinator for the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. But first, before we get into um, the meat of today's discussion, how about we go ahead and jump to. Oh, yeah. It is a new year, and uh, we're already getting questions. Yeah, that's right. That's that's a common question. After the first of the year, people start wondering, hey, how, mu how long is my license good for? Right. Well, right up to the end of February. So February 28th, which is the... The day a lot of the small game uh, 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 seasons Season. end and, right. and that sort of thing. So anyway, it's it's timed out that you can buy your new license beginning on February eighteenth. Eighteenth uh, every yes. year, uh, so you get a little head start, and and of course it doesn't go into effect till March one. But February eighteenth, you can mark that down every year. You can buy your new license and maximize it so you get get the the full 365 days of use out of it exactly so if you go to our website tmwildlife.org click on buy a license uh, you can scroll down 
right there at the very top, actually. You don't have to scroll very far. Our annual licenses are valid uh, March 1st, and they run through the last day of February, just like Don said. And um, they go on sale February 18th each year. Uh, this page also has all kinds of information on how to apply for quota hunts, voting registration, all your licenses and permits, all the, the forms you might need if you want to do a lifetime license, and all that good stuff right here. And uh, that's on our website, tnwildlife.org. So. In the... Uh the hard cards are available as well. So the yeah. little little plastic card that you can, uh, the kind of credit card size that that's a, a new wrinkle we added a couple of years ago. That uh, you know you can do the 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 fish, the the deer. Um, anyway, yeah. a couple of selections there. Yeah, I was I was I was trying to remember if we had a third selection. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll have more coming out pretty soon. Yeah, and, and uh, those deer and, and the fish, especially, were popular popular choices. So. All right. Well, I think that concludes our TWRA Q&A. All right. What do you, you think, Eric? It's, it was a good Q&A. <laughs> we need to sell as many licenses as possible. Yeah. Um, so let's jump into the Asian Carp Harvest Incentive Program. Um, and my first question, which seems to be my first question in a lot of these shows, an overview or why. So tell us about the program and just a simple overview of the Asian Carp and Harvest Incentive Program. Well, I think it's first um, pretty important to kind of, you know, lay out the – we've had an issue with, with carp um, in the Mississippi Basin for mm-hmm. for several decades, actually, and, and whether or not the general public is aware of that. Um, we started to notice those in the mid-'80s and 90s in the Mississippi River, um, and then the agency started nos- noticing, a, um, you know, several – Several in the reservoir. I think that was uh, late 2000s, and uh, of course we'd heard lots from the angling community out there with sport anglers, and mm-hmm. uh, our biologists started to see those and mm-hmm. pick those up in sampling gear. So um, that was kind of the you know well we 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 do have those in in the system now. What what can we do about it? Right. So so we came up with. Well, we came well up, someone came up with who came well, up with the program. Well, <laughs> I think it's a, you know it's a it's an agency you know kind of you know we're all in on this so you know the agency got together um, you know and kind of devised uh, you know hey we need to have a, a a good direction to assist in the removal of Asian carp um, so you know the Asian carp harvest incentive program was kind of the name that we came up with and it 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 was good. You know, yeah. it's kind of catchy. And uh, a chip, a chip. Yeah, uh, I was wondering if it was ruffles or lays. <laughs> <laughs> Plain potato. Okay. <laughs> but you know, the, the, the discussion with the incentive program goes back several years, actually. So, you know, community leaders, uh, business types along the Tennessee and Cumberland River, along with their uh, sport fishing community, state representatives, mm-hmm. you know, got together and it, it talks it. You know, kind of carried over. You know. How can we how can we make fishing better? How can we move remove carp uh, so that you know we we don't have the issues that some other states have it, have had? It's sort of supply and demand, isn't it? There's a yeah. there's a big supply right now, and mm-hmm. we're trying to create more demand. We for are the, and, for the fish, and that that's that's where the HIP program kind of kind of evolved and, and came into. So we uh, we got with uh, wholesale fish dealers to kind of talk about the process. How, how is the best way that 
as an agency working with the businesses that that we currently have, the wholesale fish dealers in, in Tennessee, how how could we how could we kind of get this process going? Right. And um, so they you know they kind of came up with you know we're already buying those fish. Uh huh. So you know it, it was there. We said well, you know, is there a way that we can assist you and hopefully have more f- people uh, harvest carp and kind of grow that business? And they said well you know it, it we have a you know the, the cost you know, that they're being paid currently was mm-hmm. a little bit low. Mm-hmm. So the interest wasn't necessarily there. So again, the incentive came up and, and so we came up with adding seven cents over the market price and, uh, to get more fishermen, get interest out there. Yeah. 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 Create that demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, the program is funded through the Marine fuel tax, correct? Correct. And then, um, uh, did the program originate in Tennessee? Is that, is that what I'm seeing here on, your, on some of the notes we've got? September 18th? September the 18th is what, what the start date was. Um, okay. But it began. It, that's when we started it in Tennessee. Th- that's when we started in Tennessee. Several other states, or a couple of other states, have a program. Okay. Illinois has one. Kentucky now has one. Uh, but that's this one our, our started. Gotcha. So many other states are, are trying out this this. They are in, just in, in different ways. You know, they have different mechanisms that, that work best for them, and, and this is what we – we went to first, and uh, if we need to evolve the program, I think we're you know heavily invested in, mm-hmm. in doing what we can. Yeah. So, what what bodies of water are affected by Asian carp, and and we'll get more in depth on the different species of Asian carp. Sure. Well, the the program um, is strictly for Kentucky Lake, Barkley. Cheatham and Old Hickory currently. Okay. Uh, but the Mississippi River is, you know, is, is where it was affected first. Mm-hmm. But the program is for the, the reservoirs okay. uh, right now. Hey, just stepping back, where did these fish originate from? How, how did they ever get here? Well, the aquaculture industry uh, back in the 70s needed, um, you know, ways to um, kind of prevent aquatic vegetation clean their ponds up uh-huh. where they wouldn't necessarily have to use a herbicide something that was more i guess green right you know a way to, to way to go about their business and, and they brought those fish over and and didn't really anticipate you know having an issue they were they were closed aquaculture systems or as best they could be outdoors and, uh-huh. and of course as the mississippi river does flood occasionally we had <laughs> several really large floods and and those places were were inundated mm. and those fish got out of the system and um and then they they flowed into the mississippi river and um took a while you know a couple of decades but they did work their way into the reservoir system right yeah and i remember uh jason you you recall too uh bill dance did a video mm-hmm. that we yeah we helped put together uh he was out uh, on his boat and snapping his fingers with yeah, <laughs> getting them to jump in his yeah. boat. Yeah. Kind of humorous, you know. But on one hand, it's it that part was humorous, but the you know the the effect they can have on the fishery is not so humorous. So yeah, it it, it was the first time that that we tried to draw attention to the to an issue. Right, and that was and, gosh, uh, at, at least twelve years ago, wasn't yeah. it? It was. We yeah, we'd had a video, and, and um, and uh, Bill was gracious enough to help us out with yes. that, and. and and just you know, tried to tried to tell everybody about the the issues that we possibly could have, and and how, you know, if we work together, we can hopefully you know have changes. Right. You know, and that's led to this program, really. Yeah. 
yeah, it was this this part of one program. I mean, we could have other programs at a later time, but this is the one that, like I say, we worked with the uh, current businesses that we have in developing this one. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're pretty pleased with what we have right now. And you touched on it a minute ago. Bill Dance has been so helpful, yes. you know, in Tennessee. I mean, he's always wearing the the power T hat, always you know, and, and yeah. uh, he's he's Tennessee through and through, and uh, you know, he's he's been very helpful with with our our agency over the years and we appreciate his support yep um so let's talk about the fish itself when i hear asian carp i think of the silver carp and i think a lot of people do but the asian carp family there's there's a lot of fish in that in that family of asian carp so tell us about those well um we have asian carp uh which are the jumping carp that people are more familiar with you see on the youtube videos Mm -hmm. that can be dangerous to not only the fishing, the anglers of the state, but the boaters also that, that go out on the weekend that want to have, you know, uh, an enjoyable weekend on the water, skiing or just being out with the family. Right. You know, enjoying the outdoors, and they can be dangerous. But we um, we have big heads. Normally you don't see those. They're, they're more, they, they don't jump. They're uh-huh. larger fish. Uh, we have black carp. Uh, they, they're, they're something that, that we've, most that have come into the system recently and, and they they eat mussels mm. which we're very concerned about with oh them yeah in the state because we have one of the most diverse mussel populations in the world so we're, we're very concerned about those as well as the uh, asian and big head and and we also have grass carp uh-huh. and we've had grass carp grass carp have been around a long time decades they? they have yeah and and we've we we have a we want to uh, encourage people to have triploid grass carp that, that don't reproduce. Um, but as it, as it does happen occasionally, you know, that the grass carp get into the system and, and just through this circumstances, um, like the flood that happened in Nashville mm-hmm. um, several years ago, we, we had some of the ponds in the, in the golf courses that, that had their, that got flooded out and the carp made their way into the system. So, mm-hmm. Uh, not all of those, as we've learned, uh, were triploid. So we had a little reproduction going on mm. there. And uh, now we have grass carp in the system. And all those all those species are, are eligible for the fade chip program, correct? Right? All four of those, as well as common carp. Okay. Uh, and that's part of the program. So. Hey, I think we have one queued up for a close-up. Yeah, we do. And uh, you brought it. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about it. You can even hand model there with it, Eric, if you want. <laughs> We have a good we have a good display that we've we've taken uh, all around the state and uh, to show people, um, you know what what Asian carp look like. Uh-huh. Uh, like I say, this one, this one's about about the average size, silver silver in color. Uh, big heads are more modeled. Like I say, they they can be very large, 40, 50, 60 pound fish. Mm. And for our radio audience, this is probably about two feet long. Uh, this yeah. this model we're looking at here. Um, and we definitely hurt if that thing jumped out of the water and hit you absolutely and those are about the size that you see on the videos jumping and injuring people yeah you know they really are uh not necessarily even even water skiers but folks riding in the boat you know they'll yeah absolutely they'll jump 10 feet in the air and then the the boat's uh, cruising right along and can hit the passengers it's it's really tough yeah like i say we um this can happen and and it's something that that we really don't want to have happen in the state of Tennessee. Right. So we're trying to do everything we can to minimize that that occurrence. Uh-huh. 
and one thing, uh, if you can point out some of the differences that you might see in in the in the silver versus like a gizzard shad or other shad fish that they can be confused with sometimes. What are some of the characteristics to see to know on the on the silver carp? Oh uh, well, one eye position is is something that's that's going to be slightly different, uh, a little bit harder to tell. Um, Especially you know, when they're very very small. When they're huh? very small, they really resemble you know a shad, and uh-huh. most people you know use for bait. Uh, gizzard shad mm-hmm. people use, uh, and that's usually about the size when you you know people will notice them. Um, you know that can so that they're about the same size. Silver in color, of course. If you dip some up, you would be very hard pressed to to pick one out of a dip net. Uh-huh. That's why that's why currently in our bait proclamation you, you cannot transport those fish. Right. So that, that's been a recent addition uh, to some of our. Uh, proclamations that we've had so it's very important mm-hmm. uh, like I say they're very difficult to tell um, mouth positions is diff- is different than you would see in a gizzard shad um, or up protruding a little bit uh-huh. so those are the kind of I guess kind of the key things you know and and of course they don't have that filament off the off their dorsal fin that's that's not there okay and uh, the l- little bit of differences that but most people wouldn't see a large fish like this. They'd mm-hmm. see their bait fish. So, right. again, it's kind of hard to describe, you know, this yeah. fish against the bait fish. Um, but um, We do have some handout materials that, we that absolutely have good, do. good photos of both. So We do. Um, and yeah. we're trying to distribute those as much as we can. They're on our website as well. Right. That's a good transition. Well, I'll click on our website here and let folks that are watching can see this. But... Uh, our Asian Carp in Tennessee page, uh, there's a link right off our homepage to get here. So you can kind of see the areas that are affected by Asian Carp, our management efforts, and then you can see the differences in silver and big head. And there's pictures of all these, the black and the grass carp, and um, good resources here to help us understand the difference and see the difference. And there's the there's a good picture of it, the, the the Asian versus the, what is that fish? Is that, that the gizzard chad? That's the, the gizzard chad, yeah. yes. For our listening audience, definitely check us out online yeah. and, uh, or, or check out the pages that Jason's referring to on the website. It's uh, uh, very good, good TM, information. Yeah, tmwildlife.org, and this is under the fish section, so very easy to find. Plus, like I said, there's a button on the homepage right now that you can click and take you directly here. So, uh, you know, CWD and, and Asian carp are some of the top issues that we're dealing with here in Tennessee or uh, CWD one trying to keep it out and an Asian carp trying to control. So those are two hot button issues that we're working on as an agency, and we got those out there right in front of you, so you can get the information as quick as quick as you can. So, all right, well that's our website, and uh, that's kind of an overview of the program here. What um, what kind of nets and what kind of equipment and the people who are involved with this program? What are they using to to catch these fish? Well, currently they they use gill nets, uh, as most people kind of understand what a gill net is. It's a large panel net. Um, of course, different sizes. Um, I guess describing the net, I mean, most people are used to a monofilament gill net. And I say that because our sport fishing community uses a, a monofilament on their fishing line. Right. Uh-huh. And those, you know, the monofilament nets are tied from that. So it, it's one piece of monofilament. Um, but the new nets to fish for Asian carp are multifilament. So they use a smaller strand of monofilament and they're twisted together and tied up. And it, it creates, you know, a much stronger net. That will hold up longer and will, you know, will will catch these fish because uh-huh. standard netting, they they tend to go right through it. It's it's very difficult to catch those through monofilament. So our commercial fishermen 
have slowly evolved. Uh-huh. I've figured out that new process, and and it's become quite effective. The, these these nets will really double your catch whenever you're going out trying to catch Asian carp. They're pretty resourceful, aren't they? They figure it out. They, they figure do. out that, ways to work around. That's their that's their business. It's yeah. their livelihood. And we have great commercial fishermen in the state of Tennessee. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Uh-huh. Wholesale fish dealers, they really work hard. They're part of our community, and they're, they're really trying to help us out. So if you see one, you know, kind of introduce yourself, you know, say we appreciate what you do, what you're doing for the state. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. always a good thing. So, and another note I had here was the cost of these nets, and are they covered by the program? And you, you gave us some they, information before the show about this. T- tell the folks at home well, how that's funded and how that's how they get those nets. The Tennessee uh, Fish and Wildlife Commission um, gave us um, $500,000 uh, for two years to be able to run the program. Um, and then a portion of that was set aside for purchasing nets annually. Uh, so um, part of that was $30,000 that, that, of course, was bet out. And uh, fortunate for us, uh, Memphis Net & Twine, one of our local businesses, uh-huh. uh, got that got that bid. And uh, hmm. that m- amount of money purchased uh, 480 nets. Okay. So uh, each commercial fisherman, when they enroll in the program, um, and, and you have to enroll through the wholesale fish dealer. So you'll go to them and say, I'm, I'm interested in fishing for Asian carp. What, what can I do? What, uh-huh. what do I need? And uh, first off, they'll say, hey, you need a commercial fishing license if you don't already have one. And as soon as you want to get started and everything, then then they would contact me, uh-huh. and then I would come out and deliver those nets to the commercial fishermen. And uh, we were giving out 15 nets when you enroll in the program. And I will see 15 pieces of netting material. Yeah, they. it's not like you can use it right off the shelf, you, right? You, you can. Gotta... It, it's, it's, a, it's about a 60-40 kind of a split uh-huh. on the net. So the, the netting material is very expensive. It's four times more expensive than, than monofilament. So getting that cost share in to try to get new fishermen in the program, you know, we want to incentivize them. Hey, get in here. You, you can catch fish. You can... You know, this may change your approach with with what you're currently doing. If you, if you are a, a licensed commercial fisherman already, you know, if you use this type of webbing, you'll be able to catch more fish. Yeah. You know, so this is helpful for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like I say, those 15 pieces, they still have to buy a cord that the nets will be tied into, their floats and things. And then, of course, they have to pay someone to tie them up if they can't do that. Mm. So that that's, that's all goes into that cost and kind of a... 50-50, 60-40 split. So they, they've got they've got money into it too. Uh huh. And then uh, one other thing I was noticing in our notes here: how to get involved. And you mentioned some of this. Do you have to be a commercial uh, commercial fisherman, or uh, you have to sign up through the to the wholesale dealers? But just kind of an overview of how how somebody can get into this if they want to. Well, if you do have questions, uh, feel free to call the agency. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be happy to speak with anyone that has interest you know, in, in fishing for um, Asian carp. If you're not always a, not already a commercial fisherman, I'll be happy to talk about the program with this to the general public. Um, if you are a commercial fisherman, call me. you have questions about the program, uh, then, you know, I'll try to answer as many of those as I can. I'll, I'll tell you, you know, of course, you need to have a commercial license. Uh-huh. You need to be um, in partnership with one of our contracted wholesale fish dealers. And the HIP program is, is that's what it is, the the wholesale fish dealers sign up through that, and they become a contract vendor for the state of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And then the commercial fishermen 
we'll fish for them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we, we pay, or the, the wholesale fish dealer pays the commercial fishermen, and then we give that wholesale fish dealer that payment back. So the wholesale fish dealers are, are basically paying for it all up front. And we, they'll send us invoices, and, and we'll provide them with that payment back, that reimbursement okay. for them, you know, being out of pocket mm-hmm. for that initial cost. So, you know, it, it is a working relationship that we've got. We've got two great wholesale fish dealers currently uh, on the program, North American Caviar, Hearts Fish Market, uh, Clay Young, Ben and uh, Dennis Duncan, um, those two owners of those businesses, and they've been great to work with. You know, we've called them, asked them for advice. You know, what 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 do the commercial fishermen need? Uh-huh. And they've been, you know, pretty forthcoming with that information. Hey, what about the developing markets for the the product? You know, and the the these commercial fishermen are are beginning to get the hang of catching them and and at greater numbers. And yeah, what about the what about the end product? Where they can well, market it, it? it varies. It, you know, <laughs> um, we're trying, of course, to to pay a little bit more money for this and, 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 you know, try to get the commercial fishermen to fish for those and, and, and try to mainstream, I guess, that product. Uh, currently, there's, a, there's a, a business in, in Kentucky that will mince that product and make it into a, a patty or a burger. Mm-hmm. It's very, very good, very good. Uh, you can cut that product into fillets. Um, not the whole fish; they're very bony. You have to you have to really know what you're doing. Uh-huh. They cut those into fillets that you know you can bread and batter, and either you know fry, deep fry, or you can you know bake or, or put on the grill. Hey, I can attest to yeah. having eaten a fair amount of this fish, and it's it's tasty, especially the way you guys, you know, meaning the the fisheries division, has figured yeah. out how to. We're, we're pretty to, inventive. It's kind of a nugget it. form. <laughs> it's yeah. really good. It's it's, little chunks. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. I I I eat it. Uh, regularly and i have you know it's it's good stuff it's a very mild fish Uh so it it really has it really takes on the seasoning that you'll use and and whether that's a you know hot hot seasoning a little bit spicy you know just a more or less plain batter and i could i could definitely see that used in a fish taco you know fish tacos fish and chips making me hungry yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're gonna run out of time before we probably hit everything here but um if you want to know, the commercial rules and procs are on our website. Uh, they are. Interested in those? Um, yeah, in case, you know, the, the listening public is not aware that uh, we have uh, statutes, state laws, uh, rules and proclamations that, that govern, manage the commercial fishing in the state of Tennessee. And, and we work through that through proclamation uh-huh. and, and to set the rules and regulations for harvest yeah. of uh, all the commercial species. Well, if you want to learn more about this, uh, visit our website, tnwildlife.org. All that information that we've talked about today, plus more, is there on our website. Um, If you're you're watching, you can see the the contact information for the the wholesale fish dealers uh, on the screen there. And uh, you can also get that information through our fishers division if you need that. But, uh, Eric, thank you for being with us today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been fun. Thank you for helping co-host. Sure. uh, That'll wrap it up for today, and uh, this is Tennessee Wildcast. All the information you need to stay connected with the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. So thank you, guys, and we'll see you next time. All right. Thank Thanks for tuning in. Stay connected with TWRA by visiting our website at tnwildlife.org and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hey, it's all about Tennessee wildlife. It's what we do. Tennessee Wildcast will be on the air again next week.
We'll see you then.